Greetings, you're listening to podcast number 139 of Blast the Right. I'm your host, Jack Clark. Great to have you on board. Today is the year in review as heard on Blast the Right. 2008 started out pretty lousy, but ended pretty well, with a heck of a lot of upside potential, don't you think? Let's get right into it. As you've heard the previous two Decembers, at the end of the year, I like to give you a whirlwind tour of what we've covered in Blast the Right. I won't list sources at the beginning of this year-end summary podcast since the list would take up the whole show. You can look at today's transcript where I've included the podcast number of each topic I refer to. Before I give you 2008 in review, let me restate the overall framework I always use when I talk to you about these issues. You've heard bits and pieces of the framework before, but not, I don't think, in one place. It starts out with this maxim. Everything the right wing does is designed to accomplish one of two things. Either A, transfer wealth from everyone else to the rich, or B, distract everyone else from the fact that A, that wealth transfer, is occurring. Domestically, Ronald Reagan and Rush Limbaugh tell you how that's accomplished. I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Roosevelt is dead! His policies may live on, but we're in the process of doing something about that as well. Demonize government. Destroy the New Deal. In the foreign policy realm, just after World War II, a major State Department official explained what this means on the global stage. Quote, We have about 60% of the world's wealth, but only 6.3% of its population. Our real task in the coming period will be to maintain this position of disparity. We need not deceive ourselves that we can afford the luxury of altruism and world benefaction. The day is not far off when we are going to have to deal in straight power concepts. The less we are hampered then by idealistic slogans, the better. Close quote. In other words, the right will crush, trample, and kill whoever and whatever stands in their way. That's why right-wing policies inevitably increase human misery, suffering, pain, and death, both at home here and abroad. And all the while, the right-wing will offer great-sounding reasons for doing what they're doing. But, as the late John Kenneth Galbraith put it, quote, The modern conservative is engaged in one of man's oldest exercises in moral philosophy. That is, the search for a superior moral justification for selfishness. Close quote. Okay, that's the framework. On to 2008. I'll start off with domestic issues. Other than Campaign 08 itself, more on that in a few minutes, Blast the Right covered economic topics more than anything else. We started off the year as we closed it with a review of the noxious doctrine of social Darwinism. It holds that the poor are poor because they're unintelligent, lazy, and immoral. Radio talk show host Bill Cunningham is one right-winger who just blatantly comes out and says so. The reason people are poor in America is not because they lack money. It's because poor people in America lack values, character, and the ability to work hard. Many of the poor in America are the working poor, holding full-time jobs. 
Right-wingers don't tell you that the founder himself of conservative economics, Adam Smith, felt it a matter of basic morality that full-time workers earn enough to live on. Right-wingers probably don't even know that American Revolutionary War hero Thomas Paine advocated an estate tax, progressive taxation, and a social security type system. All things right-wingers fight to the death against. You learned on Blast the Right how, after World War II, the Federal Housing Authority used racist policies to prevent countless African-American GIs from getting home mortgages. A large hunk of most people's wealth is in their houses. The African-American community was shut out of this process. How many times this year did you hear the right-wing lie about the state of the economy? As late as the last week of August, Sean Hannity was asking you to believe him not your lying eyes. It's funny, with all the good news out of Iraq and the, the war has been a success, we didn't lose it. The surge has been a success. It didn't fail. Obama's going to make the case that the economy is faltering today. Did anyone show him the economic numbers? Numbers that just came out That today. just came out? Yeah. Three percent growth. The, the unemployment rate in this country has been, and we won't hear this tonight, has been lower than the average of the last four decades. Interest rates low, inflation low. We got out of the Clinton-Gore recession and the negative impact of 9-11 on the economy. Here's the point. For the Democrats to do well, they've got to make the case that the war's lost, oh, the yeah, surge has failed, and the economy's in the tank. And all the evidence is to the contrary. Did anyone not tell Barack Obama what's happening in the country right well, now? What's happening in Iraq? Another thing the right always touts is economic mobility in America. Anyone can get rich. But the truth is, mobility between economic classes is actually much less than many Americans think. We're way behind Canada and many European nations in this regard. Things have gotten worse since right-wing economic policies took hold in the early 1980s. And wouldn't you know it, an analysis actually shows that the economy grows faster and the economic pie is more fairly divided when Democrats are in office. Let me not neglect to tell you here, as I did during the year, that right-wing policies also caused the current financial disaster. It was their deregulation frenzy and refusal to allow the derivatives market to be supervised that's led to a global economic crisis. Progressives had some small-scale and some large-scale victories in 2008. For example, workers in the tomato fields won a multi-year battle for improved wages and conditions. And of course, on El Grande scale, Obama won. No, he's not a pure progressive, but he seems to have picked a very progressive pro-union, pro-worker Secretary of Labor. The right is already gearing up for an epic battle over Labor's number one priority, the Employee Free Choice Act, including the usual campaign of lies. It does seem as if the Obama administration will be on the correct side of this issue. Up next, You'll get more of the year 2008 in review. Stay tuned. Your one-minute voting rapport, short and sweet. Spreading the progressive word is the game. One way is to get more people to listen to Blast the Right. Higher visibility in iTunes achieves that. Visibility in iTunes is based in part on the number of five-star reviews. 
Ergo, if you want to help spread the progressive word through Blast the Right and you haven't done so yet, please go write a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. You only have to do it once. It stays up there forever, countering all those right-wing one-star sabotage reviews. Let's remember PodcastAlley.com as well. We're currently ranked number four nationally. How about you help get it up to number three by going over to vote for Blast the Right on PodcastAlley.com. iTunes and Podcast Alley. Show your support. Thanks. Continuing domestically, on the regulatory agency front, you heard how right-wing hatred of even necessary regulations led to tainted batches of the drug heparin finding their way into the country. Dozens of Americans died. The Bush EPA also issued far too lenient rules on the amount of ozone that can be in the air. They ignored their own scientific panel. People will get ill and die as a result. Yet right-wingers still claim that there's too much government regulation of business. To add insult to injury, the Bush administration is issuing a flood of last-minute regulations in a host of fields, virtually all of which will allow the further degradation of our air, water, and products we use. Fortunately, Obama has had dozens of advisors identifying regulations and policies he can change with the stroke of a pen after he takes office. So far, they've identified 200. That list will certainly get longer after the Bushians execute their last-minute flurry of rulemaking. You were aware of all this if you've listened all year. In the healthcare field, a study showed that those without adequate insurance die from cancer needlessly because of late diagnosis. Indeed, study after study put our right-wing private insurance healthcare system to shame. Millions of Americans with advanced cancer had a decline care because they couldn't afford it. Across the board, people are having to cut down on medications because of the cost. And the United States continued to fall behind the rest of the developed world in our infant mortality rate. Despite all this and more, right-wingers will still claim we have the best health care system in the world. In fact, by many measures... We have the worst healthcare system in the developed world. What do right-wingers care? After all, as George Bush famously said, I mean, people have access to healthcare in America. After all, just go to an emergency room. George Bush also let loose some amazingly cruel immigration policies in 2008. Wrapping up what you heard in the domestic arena during 2008 is the subject I spent the most time on, the presidential election. Do you remember my early 2008 show about Ralph Nader? Boy, did I catch flack about that. The gist of my analysis was, if a runaway train is heading towards you, all you want first thing is it to be stopped. You don't care if the person stopping it is a great person. You don't care whether they'll reverse the train, if they understand how to prevent runaway trains, or if they'll improve our national rail system. First and foremost, right now, you just want the damn train stopped in its tracks. I kept you informed about efforts to protect our vote from GOP electronic voting machine theft. As the campaign heated up, you heard me debunk a whole slew of right-wing lies and smears about earmarks. I told the Congress, thanks but no thanks, on that bridge to nowhere. If our state wanted to build a bridge 
We were going to build it ourselves. About Bill Ayers. Our opponent is someone who sees America as imperfect enough to pal around with terrorists who targeted their own country. The lies of Hannity and others about Michelle Obama's college thesis, ACORN, and RESCO. I'm sure you remember all these important issues from the campaign that the right and the corporate media harped upon so much. Yet, they ignored clear signs of a dangerous mindset in John McCain as evidenced in these two clips you heard me play. This is a tough war we're in. It's not going to be over right away. There's going to be other wars. I'm sorry to tell you, there's going to be other wars. That old, uh, that old Beach Boys song, Bomberan. <laughs> bom, 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 bom. <laughs> I think the world really dodged the bullet with McCain's defeat, don't you think? One of the most pervasive right-wing lies was about taxes. Distorting the past to enable the continued future transfer of wealth from everyone else to the rich, Hannity managed to spew out three big lies in one breath. I didn't know that Reagan, who gave us the longest period of peacetime economic growth in history and ended the Cold War, was such a demonized figure. Is that, is that the new hard left uh, of your party? Well, there, there are some folks in the Democratic Party that are concerned about uh, Walmart. And, of course, there's a lot of people that think uh, Reagan added to inequality while doing some other things for the economy. So yeah, from the Democrats, you mean 21 million new jobs that he was creating, doubling the income to the federal government, longest peacetime uh, uh, period of peacetime economic growth in history. Those were awful moments in history, weren't they? Well, a triple falsehood. Reagan created only 16 million jobs. Revenue adjusted for inflation increased only 15 percent, one five percent. And Bill Clinton has the record for longest peacetime economic growth. I also played for you John McCain's and Dick Morris's and, yes again, Sean Hannity's explicit lies about Democratic tax plans. And you heard out of the bunk their falsehoods. Hannity lies a lot, doesn't he? I guess that's why he got the Media Matters Misinformer of the Year Award. Do you recall the last big lie of the campaign? The right screaming socialism? O'Reilly even continued it after the election. We shouldn't be fearful about that because what we have to I do, we have to, Bill, you shouldn't be fearful. You're am. not a fearful I'm person. I'm scared to death that I'm going to be living Bill in San Francisco on Long Island. I don't want no, San Francisco values. I don't want socialism. <laughs> I don't want any of this stuff. Something you found really useful, if my email is any indication, was my 10 Reasons to Vote for Obama podcast. The 10 reasons encompass the areas of proper role of government, Supreme Court, right to choose, taxes, minimum wage, unions, health care, safeguarding our food, water, and air, presidential vetoes, and war and peace. We progressives will have to push Obama in all these areas. On a humorous note, remember the show about how right-wingers were spinning the election results? They claimed Obama's victory shows the public embraces right-wing policies. This, amazingly enough, came from people who, mere days before, were warning the nation that Obama was espousing socialism. Coming right up, you'll hear about foreign policy as covered by Blast the Right in 2008, as well as what I think is the most amazing thing I've covered in the three and a half years I've done this podcast. Stick around. 
Heading over to the foreign policy field, after reviewing the year, I was surprised how relatively little I covered it. I'll make up for that in 2009. About Iraq, you did hear about how the multinational oil companies were already gaining a toehold in that country. Two major segments dealt with the Bush administration's pro-torture policies. I created for you a movie script that, if it had been submitted to a producer before the Bush presidency, would have gotten you laughed out of the office. But the script was all literally true. In essence, Vice President Dick Cheney, National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice, Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld, Secretary of State Colin Powell, CIA Director George Tenet, and Attorney General John Ashcroft all sat around in White House meetings deciding how best to torture each individual prisoner. As the year wore on, many additional jaw-dropping revelations about the Bush torture program came to light, including right-wing efforts to hide abuse from the Red Cross. Actually, there's been a slew of even more revelations since I last covered the topic, and it'll be high in the agenda for an early 2009 show. The latest? Dick Cheney virtually bragging in a recent interview that he authorized waterboarding. He seems to be defying anybody to prosecute him for this war crime. I also touched on the horrendous economic exploitation of the Third World. Do you recall early in the year the story about hungry Haitians resorting to eating cookies made of dirt? How about the food riots around the world as the right-wing global economic system increasingly put the basics of life out of the reach of countless additional people? A critically important podcast was when I set out for you what I call the four pillars of how the West exploits the Third World economically. The pillars are 1. Sweetheart contracts for natural resource extraction 2. Unfair conditions of international trade 3. Dubious loans to corrupt third world governments 4. Imposition of onerous structural adjustment programs on loan recipient nations Understanding these gives you the key to interpreting so much of what you read about foreign affairs in the corporate-owned press. I told you of progressive forces in the third world fighting back. For example, progressive Mexican legislators occupied both their houses of Congress in protest of a proposed oil law. And I told you of some victories. The U.S. House of Representatives passed the Jubilee Act providing debt relief for third world nations. And the Bishop of the Poor was elected President of Paraguay. I did neglect developments in Venezuela and Bolivia. I need to cover these early in 2009. Okay. That about wraps up your whirlwind tour of what you heard on Blast the Right in 2008. What's always important to remember when interacting with your friendly local right-wingers is that public opinion is on our side, on issue after issue. For example, the periodic pre-election polls by Rasmussen of the top 10 issues. Sometimes with as many as all 10, the public chose the progressive position. In the meantime, let's be nice to one another. I tried to do my part by letting you know how progressive activist Nick Dupree needed some help relocating from Alabama to New York to get better services in connection with his disability. Nick was able to relocate, and I hope he's doing well. I'll close by reminding you of the bottom line. Right-wing policies increase human misery, suffering, pain, and death, all in service of achieving greater wealth for the already rich. I was thinking about the last three plus years 
And if I had to pick the most unbelievable thing I've covered in all the time I've been doing this podcast, it would be the rights deciding to suffocate coal miners. A labor industry commission said miners needed a 48-hour oxygen supply for emergencies. The current law required only one hour. So Democrats said, okay, let's change the law to require that 48-hour supply. The right said no and only agreed to increase the amount to two hours. Meaningless. Let them suffocate. Can't cut into profits, you know. Listen to this. Virginia Moore was the fiancé of Terry Helms, a coal miner killed in a mining disaster. She summed everything up for you when she testified at a congressional hearing. We want to make safety here today first priority so no other family has to go what we're going through. The owners, if they had a family member in, in the mines, and I'm sure they would be the first ones to jump on the bandwagon with us and say, we need safety. But, you know, all they think is the dollar. On behalf of all living beings subject to the depredations of right-wing policy, let's you and I, let's all of us progressives keep up the good fight in 2009. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about Blast the Right. Vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. And, of course, write a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store. I want to wish you all a joyous holiday of whatever sort you're celebrating. And if you're not celebrating one, I wish you joy as well. And a healthy and a happy new year to you and yours. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. What is it about working men and women? that drives you Republicans crazy. When does the greed stop? What is the price? Challenge corporate power. Damn, what's wrong with people in this country? Say hell no until these weak-kneed Democrats end this war. I you pigs, you pigs. This first step is a step right off a cliff. The best of the left podcast. He's a liar. He's a thug. He's a punk. One word. Katrina! You lead this country, sir. You claim to defend it. Pathetic. You can't claim support for our troops without supporting their mission, Mr. Speaker. God, that is so dishonest on so many levels. All those people who died on 9-11, and you guys want to use 9-11 as an excuse to do everything you want, attack Iraq and Iran, the people that have absolutely nothing to do with 9-11? Don't you dare talk about 9-11, please. This election is our chance to give the American people a reason to believe again. It is time now for Barack Obama. Imagine This American Life meets progressive talk radio. Each week we choose a political theme and bring you a variety of stories on that theme. Only at bestoftheleft.com. Music credits. The break music was L.A. Nightmare by 22 Caliber, Not the One Blues by Bernsheet Thornside, and Too Much Bush by Wang Dang Doodle. We'll close with a little bit of Taking My Country Back by Honky Tonkers for Truth. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. I'm also posting transcripts now of each show, also linked to off that podcast homepage. Special thanks to radio talk show host extraordinaire Tom Harmon for the Rush Limbaugh and Ronald Reagan audio clips. I love getting your email. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. Apologies if I haven't yet answered your letter. I have fallen about a month behind. A tip. 
The longer your email, the longer it usually takes me to respond. If you do have a lot to say, by all means write, but the more succinct you keep it, the better. You can also call in and leave a comment to play on Blast to Write. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. Another way to leave a message is on Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. Now you don't know my name, but you know who I am. I'm your everyday work hard, play hard, raise kids and pray hard, common man. And Lord knows I love this land. That's why I'm taking my country back. Son, you ain't been doing her right. Oh, I've been watching you. Don't lie. How you've been treating.